Hello, Ed Goodman here, co-founder of Freelance Heroes, and welcome to episode one of the Freelance Heroes podcast. On our first show, I'm going to be talking to Sam O'Connor, the CEO of Coconut. We'll be talking about how the banking industry has changed for the benefit of freelancers, the importance of community, and has the government done enough to help freelancers during the COVID crisis? Sam doesn't think so. Enjoy. So I met today's guest um, in towards the end of 2018 uh, and had a conversation that I want to almost replicate today, although as we record this, it's one o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, so I suspect it'll be done without a cold beer in the hand, although if I remember correctly, Sam wasn't drinking at the time. I am talking about the CEO of uh, Coconut, uh, Sam O'Connor. Hello, welcome. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, very happy to be here. I wasn't drinking at the time, I remember that, but I am drinking now, so we should make sure we get a cold beer in when <laughs> this lockdown is over. Absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, uh, the uh, the lockdown itself isn't doing much for my alcohol tolerance. Actually, it's doing quite a bit for my alcohol tolerance level. It's not doing much for my liver, <laughs> yes. I suspect, neither afterwards. Anyway, let's crack on because there's so much that I, I want to talk with you about um, over a short space of time. But I guess, firstly, let's talk about Coconut itself. This, you know, in your words, what is Coconut um, Bank? And uh, yeah, I guess let's start with where we are now. Yeah, so um, my my background is accounting. I was trained at PwC and I met my my uh, long term business partner who I've worked with for um, 11 years now uh, there. And we we actually went on and started a different company, which we sold in 2014, um, after which we worked for um, the company that acquired us for a couple of years and, uh, you know, did that for a little bit, got a salary, but couldn't really resist the urge to do something more entrepreneurial. So we left uh, the company that acquired us called Confirmation and became self-employed ourselves in different guises, but fundamentally we were working for ourselves. We were doing the things that self-employed people need to do, which is find work and do work. And then we had to do our accounting uh, and tax as well. And we just found that the tools on offer for accounting and tax, whether that's QuickBooks or Xero or whatever, are kind of built for um, really businesses that are 10 plus employees. And so uh, pulled our knowledge together to, um, to kind of see out our vision for this, which is to make self-employment easier uh, than being employed. Um, and so that's where we started. And, and we like to think of our mission in the short term as building the ultimate accounting and tax tool for self-employed people. So, I, I, well, actually, that kind of, I guess let's, let's go back to the creation of this, because you're talking about a market who um, is a highly competitive market, probably more so, actually, since you started than beforehand. Uh, and I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. I often reference the fact that there were 28 search engines around before Google came along. Um, but also a market that um, isn't arguably as uh, flush with money as, uh, as as potentially some other businesses. Why target the self-employed? Why target freelancers? 
this is a really interesting point and actually something that happened when we were starting the business was we went and spoke to about 150 different companies of all different sizes and and shapes from sole traders to businesses that have employees and one of the big themes that we realized was that about 90 percent of the sme population so 5 million by the office for national statistics uh numbers is really what we consider to be self-employed so it's an owner manager who has a few employees all the way down to just somebody operating as a business but the um and 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 that's really where the growth in small businesses has been but actually the tools that are available focus in from a banking and accounting perspective on businesses that um, historically have been considered easier to monetize. So your 10 plus employee businesses. And so we looked at that market and we said, okay, there's a huge volume of people who are really struggling with these day-to-day kind of running their business tasks. And there's some very interesting intersection um, with business and personal that make their lives even harder, such as, uh, so aside from the accounting and tax, such as saving into a pension or um, saving for the future or getting a mortgage or, you know, some of these kind of financial uh, kind of um, jobs that need to be done. And we thought, actually, if we build something tailored to that group of people, which hasn't really been done before, and then start to think about some of these bigger problems that they face around financial security, then we can create not only a great product, but we can also um, start to build a profitable business, which ultimately we want to do because that's what helps us to build great products. So, I mean, and also, of course, because the, the, the market's changed. I, I know from my days of working in banking, um, before going freelance, everyone kind of were integrated into four banks, Barclays, Halifax Bank of Scotland, Lloyd's TSB as they were, uh, RBS. But that market has now kind of changed so much. There's now, it's now spawned so many different banks. Why has that market changed for freelancers? What were the big banks not doing as well for freelancers that, that, that you are? Yeah, I think there's a, there's really kind of, two sides to this there's the banking side and then there's the accounting side and i think it's right to sort of draw out why banks have have kind of let this market down and um uh so banks typically have grown almost too big for their boots in in the uk anyway and for a bank to onboard or, or find and onboard a new customer can cost anywhere between 200 and 300 pounds, um, particularly in the, on the business side of things. And so what they need to do is make that money back somehow. And they tend to do it through on the consumer side, um, kind of lending mortgages, those kind of things, because they assume to have a relationship with a customer you know, once you've signed up for your student account, you're going to be there for life. And then on the business side, it's about those kind of higher order, like um, foreign exchange services or, you know, loans that they might have. And so that's where they make their money. And what happened was, you know, there was this huge growth in people 
looking for income streams outside of typical payroll, right? So it make it puts them in the business category, but there's also this big overlap with them being a consumer. So the banks didn't really get what like who these people are and how they should, you know, work with them in a profitable way. And that's really persisted. And because banks are so burdened with, you know, PPI scandals and all of those kind of things, they've actually just decided in many cases to just cut this group of businesses loose and not really figure out how to work with them, which is where uh, they've left a massive gap. And I think it's, you know, very short sighted. And that's kind of where we we step in. Yeah, and fair enough. And of course, you know, I'm I'm being disingenuous by just referring to your bank because there's so much more to the services you provide as well. But given that the market changed so dramatically by the influx of people, as you mentioned, I kind of asking you to look a little bit into a crystal ball. So where's that market then going to go to? How different is it going to look in in five or 10 years time? Is it merely just a case that there's going to be more freelancers? Might there be less? How, and how will that impact you? Yeah, and, and actually as a, as a market, um, so we think of the, we think, we saw in terminology, we think of this group of people as self-employed. And for us, it's kind of like a mindset thing where, you know, I'm running a business. I may or may not have employees, but fundamentally, I need to do three things. I need to find what, find uh, a kind of customers, do stuff for them or sell stuff to them and uh, run the business. And what we've um, what we've seen over the course of the last couple of years is that some of these huge um, kind of venture investors and, you know, um, these big kind of companies are starting to recognize that self-employment as a as a unit or self-employed people as a unit are actually a market amongst themselves uh, set aside from small businesses. And that's come through in, in the way that people are using terminology to describe describe subsets of this group so people have started talking about passion economy right and these are people who um say use substack or podia to sell kind of courses or content that they're creating or the gig economy or uh things like uh, groups like that and that in itself indicates that we that people think self-employment is going to feature much more heavily in the economy going forward and particularly post-covid uh at, be a crucial part of the economic recovery so of course we're with you know we we're on the 13th of may at the moment there is uh we're mid lockdown um and the freelance economy has experienced more um change in recent months like everyone else has than than uh than well, then we can never remember. And I want to come back to that in a moment. But I guess I want to understand that the, this podcast is is designed to talk to businesses who understand freelancing community. So given your your role in providing the accounting and tax tools that freelancers need, what do you see as the biggest pain point for freelancers that you've come across through your, your numerous conversations with them? The I think the big the biggest challenge or, or, or like the top level challenge for um, freelancers, self-employed people is finding work and marketing their services. Um, and, you know, historically, 
people were kind of on their own in in that department um you know people might have don't we we, we call them kind of leapers oh actually uh, we we start off by saying that people are kind of have a side gig or side hustlers where they might actually have a full time job or a part time job and start building up a market for themselves, whether that's a group of clients or potentially, you know, start doing some gigs or start playing some um, uh, in, in some, uh, you know, on some tr on some music tracks or, or whatever they do, selling some crafts that they've created and then we see people transition to something called leapers where they go kind of full-time into this world and they're like right I feel confident enough in the fact that I can uh, create an income for myself that allows me to sustain myself and one of the biggest challenges people face is if they almost skip the step between having an income and going full-time uh freelance or self-employed and in that scenario some people make it and some people don't um you know some people will actually go back into employment and, and some people won't um but it becomes very tough at that point to basically say right i've got the confidence to plug on build up a client base a reliable client base get an income and start sustaining myself and think of myself more as a business and then once that's happening then it's about dealing with the the kind of doing the work or maybe when you reach that point at which you're at full capacity and you have to make a decision as to you know okay how do i grow my business from here do i increase my rates because i'm in demand or do i start subcontracting and things like that or i've just lost a big client what do i do now because i'm really busy and really stressed out uh, not only servicing my existing clients, but also I've got kids and I'm trying to like, you know, do all this stuff. And so I think finding work and doing work are the, you know, are the initial challenges that people face. But then once you get into it, you start thinking about how you're going to pay your tax or how you're going to do your accounts. And, and, and that becomes the kind of third order challenge that people face. Which, of course, brings us back to, to Coconut. So Coconut was launched when? I didn't mean to do that, by the way. No, it was a beautiful segue. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was pleased with how that came back. Um, I would just add to that as well, that I think one of the things that people miss in in that mad kind of first few years of, of self-employment and one of, the, one of the next challenges that we want to solve for people is, you know, suddenly getting to the point where you're not paying into a pension anymore or you're or you don't have sick pay or insurance that you might have had as a, an employee and so i think that's kind of starts to arise as a challenge a bit further down the line um uh, and, and so yeah go on sorry no go on. actually I, i'm gonna I, I i asked you a question beginning of that and i went to ignore that i'm going to come back to that in a moment because actually that does bring us kind of perfectly into the situation that we're in now we're mid-covid and you've been quite vocal in putting your name to um, some of the pressure that has been ideally put at the door of, of number 11 Downing Street to, to help make the right decision. So what do you think, from your perspective, um, has the government done well to help the freelancing community uh, and what do they need to do better? Yeah, uh, and 
I think what you're referring to is, is something that we launched when lockdown started called the um, Campaign for Self-Employed Income Support. And we launched it actually before uh, Rishi Sunak's announcement. Um, but one of the things that we realized was actually there was such a huge amount of uncertainty for people to the extent that some people had lost 100% of their income overnight. Some freelancers, some self-employed people, other people had lost, you know, less, but a decent enough chunk to be incredibly stressful. Um, you know, and then there were other people who who had more work because of the field they were working in. But But one thing was certain is we wanted to rally behind the community, but also bring other people with significant voices and other companies and organizations with significant voices uh, around the table to start to make sure that um, as a as a community freelancers were heard in number 10 and do you or think, number 11 and given that that was a few weeks ago do you think that that has do you think that either that has or is happening or, or again the second part of the question what, what could uh, the government do more well, there are some. So there was a big announcement made, and actually, for the people that have been captured by the self-employment um, income support scheme, I think that the government has done a good job. So if you if you've submitted a eighteen nineteen self-assessment, you're a sole trader. You don't earn more than fifty k. Ideally, you'd submitted one for seventeen eighteen and sixteen seventeen as well you will actually get some support to the equivalent of what they've done for the job retention scheme, which is 80% of your salary if you're furloughed. And so for that group of people, which is probably, you know, in the region of, um, let's say, uh, three million-ish, two, two and a half to three million, then they will be getting something. Um, I think then we we sort of realised that actually, regardless of that, there's this massive group of people that are either getting nothing, right, or are really stuck because actually the support that the government was providing in that scheme is only going to hit uh, really in June. And so the four campaign points that we had were get payments to people faster, um, which... Uh, has actually come about. So the SEISS um, has started being processed this week, and we think that payments will get out before June, which is really critical because we did a survey of 2,000 self-employed people, and only about 10% felt that waiting till June was going to be okay for them. Um, uh, and and only around 30% had savings enough to, to last three months. Secondly, we didn't understand why there was this arbitrary crap, uh, cap of, of 50k and so we asked for for that to be removed thirdly um we didn't understand why they weren't considering uh submission of 1920 self-assessments to provide support and they haven't budged on that actually um and thirdly uh, fourthly we 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 didn't understand why they weren't considering uh self-employed people who operate under a limited company to get any support at all because they didn't consider dividends to be um, a, a, a valid form of income. And so we 
as a campaign, wrote an open letter. It was supported by um, Caroline Norbury from Creative Industries Federation, um, you know, Matt Dowling from the Freelance Club, lots of different people, uh, Albert from Underpinned. And um, those campaign points were echoed by the Treasury Select Committee, by um, Sadiq Khan and his open letter. And so we did get that heard in number 11, but we don't feel like they've gone far enough yet. And I think the the major thing that I want them to do now is extend the self-employed income support scheme for a further three months so that it at least covers six months of, of income, much like they've done with the job retention scheme. And so, yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag, actually. Okay, as we announced this, they 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 have increased the job retention scheme in, for a further three months. They haven't for freelancing, uh, for for self-employed, and I suspect, like you already mentioned, that will happen. I don't see why it wouldn't. Um, but that aside, given your list uh, that you've raised there, what would be your number one priority in addition to extending it by three months? Which I'm not belittling that, but I'm fairly sure that's going to happen. It's got to happen. So that aside, mm. what do you say? This is the thing you need to do next. So in order of, um, I think, simplicity, right? Because you've got, we've got, uh, I guess there's an appreciation on the part of the government that, that, that there's a huge level of complexity with what they've done and the time that it's, that they've achieved it in is very, very short. But I would firstly say you should accept 2018, uh, sorry, 2019-20 self-assessments as part of the self-employed income support scheme, because that means that people who've recently started self-employment, who've had some time off uh, for maternity or paternity leave, um, who had their best year in the previous year, or even started halfway through 18-19, aren't disadvantaged in the government support, right? So, um, you know, say you were employed for half of uh, half of the year in um, in in eighteen nineteen, and then self-employed for less than half of the year, you're not going to get any support, for instance. Uh, and same uh, for for nineteen twenty. So that would be my first thing to do. It's the simplest measure. The second thing I would do is really consider um, sole directorships of limited companies and say we're going to work out a way to actually give them some support uh, for people who have been paying themselves through dividends. Sounds good to me. Uh, you've, the way you describe this, uh, it, it puts, you know, it gives this, uh, it puts to me this image of you standing in front of a tribe of freelancers and self-employed, knocking on the gates of Downing Street, demanding that your voice is heard. And it's brilliant. And the more people do that, the better. But that kind of brings me to the community side of freelancing. There are two million freelancers in the UK. There are almost 5 million self-employed across the UK. Community is obviously something that's quite important to Coconut. You've got uh, your Coconut Bites Facebook group. There's a community aspect around your desire to, I think your words on your website are to, to, to kind of free the world from the admin and tax tasks as well. So why is community so important to you and and also to, 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 the, to Coconut as a whole? Yeah, that's a really a really good question, and I think um, a lot of people talk about community, but um, I think few people actually realize uh, realize how profound it is to pull people together or, or interact in in a meaningful way. And I think actually 
uh, freelance heroes is definitely just an incredible community and an inspiration to our community in many respects but it also symbolizes how our our customers and our collective self-employed um kind of uh friends and and family really rally together to support each other and to solve each other's problems and that was something that we recognized early on and by mistake really we created a a facebook group right <laughs> and we were like oh, yeah. we we need to we need to talk to people to find out actually what problems they have and so that we can solve them rather than just assuming that we should do this and through like before we knew it we had like hundreds of people in there telling us oh my god this is really exciting and we, <laughs> we want to help out and look let's feedback on this and and so on and so forth so it just evolved um, organically from there. And that's just been totally instrumental in how we've built the product and, and where we've gone. And, you know, we've not always got it right by any stretch, but um, we do very much try and keep our uh, sort of finger on the pulse of actually what people want, um, why they want it, and continue to build stuff that meets their needs. And now that's really evolved into something bigger because with the self-employed income um, support campaign, we actually started to do things for the community outside of our kind of business uh, interests. And that really opened up many more uh, realizations for us. So one of the things that we've launched is this um, is this self-assessment calculator, which we did in partnership with some of our infrastructure partners. And they've, you know, they've basically funded the thing to the tune of like hundreds of thousands of, of um, self-assessments. And it's basically a web tool that takes our technology and lets people connect up their bank account and fill out their self-assessment for 1920 quickly and efficiently. And it's com completely separate to our business. There's a button at the end to say, delete all my data uh, when I come out the other end and it just eliminates any data from the database. Same with our infrastructure partners. And, you know, those are things that actually are so impactful for the community as a whole. And people are sharing that within, you know, within those groups. And you start to realize how interconnected people are and um, actually how much people are helping each other uh, to solve the problems of finding work. You know, like you've got questions in your forum of like, I've, I've got this question about a contract or I've got this question about a difficult client. And it just reflects the fact that people are on their own and there's people out there on the internet that can help and everyone's really willing to do so. Uh, well, I mean, you've described much of the epicenter of freelance heroes, and thank you for that. Um, so, a question that I I, I um, scrapped earlier: uh, Coconut was launched when? We launched on the thirty first of January, self assessment day, uh, twenty eighteen. So, two years down the line, two and a bit years down the line, twenty twenty has thrown up all sorts of curveballs. What's it been like for Coconut? Um, I think it's been uh so 2020 got off to an uh, incredibly f sort of uh 
fast and um, and exciting start because historically what the way that we've operated is that people who use coconut have to open a coconut current account and what that enabled us to do was create our accounting and tax platform in a kind of laboratory environment where we knew all transactions happening were business related transactions and just at the start of this year we opened up our technology to anyone who banks with 20 major banks in the UK so if you're a Barclays customer and you've been you know you work, working as self-employed for two years you can come and hook up your Barclays account we do our uh, we apply our accounting intelligence over your transactions and you've suddenly got a profit and loss account for the last two years or your corporation tax and so it really opens up the product capabilities to a much broader audience but that was incredible to see because suddenly the growth in our business was just like starting to snowball and then coronavirus hit right and what we were acutely aware of was that actually we're built for self-employed people but self-employed people are very much at the sharp end of the economic crisis because businesses are saying oh we're going to cut down we're going to cut down on these kind of discretionary spend projects um people stopped buying things the impact of the real economy was absolutely massive and so very much in the first two weeks of the crisis we we actually just stopped uh developing products and features as business as usual obviously we kept the lights on and we just focused wholeheartedly on on the community and how we can support them and that's created a really interesting um, uh, conversation. We felt like we've done quite a lot to support people. We've done webinars and things like that. But I think now what's reassuring is that we're starting to see quite a big bounce back in terms of uh, the growth in, in our business, in terms of the number of invoices people are sending through the platform, in terms of the number of transactions people are making. And so that really start, it makes me feel like our customers and the community is starting to find work, be able to do work and start making an income again. So it, I do believe that self-employment and self-employed people and freelancers are going to be absolutely instrumental to our economic recovery as we support those businesses as they start to loosen up, as they start to grow and helping them to deliver services, as we support those customers who buy our goods and and so on and so forth and so we're excited to be there to support this community in any way we can um as as the economy economy recovers i think that's going to um i don't doubt inspire many people to to believe that they're a part of that so um as we kind of head to a close of this chat so quite frankly can chat to you for a, a lot longer so I, I hope you'll agree to do this again at another time but What's the, I'm definitely future, up there, yeah. what's the future of coconut look like as far as you're concerned in terms of either a goal that you're specifically aiming for whether that's uh, in a year or five years it's like the worst job interview question where do you want to be in five years time but i think what i'm really <laughs> asking is what what's the what's what will success look like for the coming months or years for coconut in terms of from your perspective yeah and i like i like uh, and i think this might be interesting for people the way I think about it because I've thought quite a lot about it but I love I love the sort of the vision statements that, bi that businesses have and I think that vision statements are tied to a, a kind of 
real goal in the distance that's probably unattainable, right? <laughs> and and so you know, um, there's the there's the Uber uh, vision statement of making transport uh, more readily available than running water. I think it is. Um, and there's like Nike. There's like uh, to to make uh, everyone an athlete or, or something like that. And it's it's this sort of big, hairy, audacious goal that may or may not be achievable, but we're working towards it. And for us, it's about making self-employment easier than being employed. And so it allows us to say, right, why isn't self-employment easier than being employed at the moment? And the first, uh, the first thing that we're trying to solve is how do you just get that accounting and tax and that financial stuff sorted? But in the future, that's really around um, how do you make self-employed people feel as financially secure as people who are employed? And so it touches all sorts of areas, like how do you get a mortgage if you're self-employed and how is that easy? How do you pay into a pension? What do you invest in? Do I get sick pay? And all of those things, because actually we just think that there's so much creativity in entrepreneurship being unleashed at the moment and we just want to be the platform that that facilitates that so uh, last question um before I, I ask you just to, to kind of the standard question of how can people get in touch how you mentioned that freelancers and self-employed are very much going to be at the sharp end of the economic recovery so do you feel that given that they're at the sharp to, to do that they're feeling the brunt uh, of much of this at the moment through the reasons that you discussed. Do you feel that as we come out of this, whatever that might be, we're going to see uh, a, a sharp uh, ascent of new freelancers and self-employed people, or, or are we going to see a, a burning desire to get back to the employed and step away from the self-employment? I mean, which way, or, or do you think actually it won't really have too much of an impact? Yeah, I think that there are some sort of high level market dynamics that happen. And, you know, if you reflect back on the 2008 crisis as well, you saw some of these <clears throat> playing out. But um, but actually, uh, there will be people losing their jobs, which generally, you know, whilst that might indicate that people are forced into self-employment actually a lot of people see it as like the nudge that they needed because they were kind of aspiring to that anyway so um whilst there's some people who are potentially begrudgingly self-employed for a bit actually a lot of people are like as soon as they start doing it they really enjoy it and so that creates a kind of uh you know exciting innovative ideas about like what people are going to do to make money and those kind of things um secondly when there's uncertainty in the market um businesses that employ self-employed people uh start to um start to call on the flexible workforce to manage that uncertainty so demand for freelance services increases um, and and so I, I anticipate that happening. But on top of that, I think that there are just some bit like, you know, 
for instance, when people were talking about IR35, and I've spoken to a lot of you know big recru global recruiters about things like this, and they just see that actually, regardless of these kind of regulatory changes or or economic impacts, there is a real trend towards people wanting to work more independently, more flexibly, and have more control over their existences. And the technology around finding work, doing work, and managing work is getting to the point where that becomes a viable option for many more people. And so I do see self-employment as a big feature of the global economy, uh, you know, for years to come. Excellent. Many will be uh, um, pleased to hear you say that. And uh, I have to say, I agree. I think this will spawn a lot more and a lot less. So uh, it's been fascinating to talk to you. Uh, there's uh, so much we discussed. Anyone listening to this who wants to get in touch with you, what are the best channels to do so? Yeah, well, first of all, if you're looking for kind of useful information or support um, around the uh, current COVID situation, go to selfemployedincomesupport.co.uk um, and you'll get some, uh, if you, you can sign up to the mailing list there. We send out a weekly email which has kind of useful information um, from the government or from the news and things like that to kind of help people get through this. Um, secondly, if you want to sign up, you can go to the app store and search for coconut or go to getcoconut.com. Uh, um, on our website, uh, we also have a um, kind of discourse forum. Uh, if you go to bite.getcoconut.com, you can uh, find us there as well. Um, and so come and say hi. And I'll put all the other links in the show notes as well. Sam, it's been a fascinating talk to you. Thank you very much. Uh, I look forward to having this conversation with you again, maybe uh, several months or years down the line and kind of reflect on, on on how things have changed since then. But other than that, Sam, thank you very much for your time. I'd love to do that. And let's make sure that we uh, are face to face and have a beer in our hands as we uh, as we chat. Works for me. Works for me. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want more information, then do visit our website, freelance-heroes.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts too. Uh, hello at freelance-heroes.com. Hit subscribe, leave a review. Thanks for listening again and join us next time. Bye for now.